listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about creation versus evolution. Or we're going to talk about whether we are people of science or people of faith. There's your lost reference. Let's get started. Episode 5, Brad. We're here. We're ready to go. I'm, I'm excited. Today's this is a topic that is it's fun, but also sometimes a little bit scary. Oh man, the origins of the universe. Does it get any better than this? I, I don't I don't know. Probably not. Not for a lot of people. I don't know why I feel like there's going to be a Jurassic Park reference somewhere in here. And it may be by me already pre-planned. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now that there will be a Jurassic Park reference somewhere in the podcast. Well, I'm glad it's a Jurassic Park reference as opposed to a Jurassic World reference. Oh, gosh. Let's keep it back to the original. Yeah, you know, I love Chris Pratt. And Chris Pratt, if you want to be on the podcast, you are if you're listening, which you probably are. Uh, see, I'm a Jeff Goldblum guy, man. I, I do. Bring me Dr. Malcolm. Right. Well, who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? Life finds a way. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's so iconic. All right, let's. We should probably bring it back. All right, so um, faith versus science, creation versus evolution. I mean, this is a topic that's been debated. That has been, you know, I mean, bridges have been burnt, relationships have been completely broken over this topic, and I think it's important that we just take some time and just just talk about it. Just just have right. a discussion and, and maybe give people. Um, Maybe some points, maybe some ideas as to how they can have this conversation with someone who, um, you know, might be really into this. That may have maybe really headstrong, may have had their lines drawn really sharply and and, uh, maybe how to approach that. Or maybe while they're listening to this, they're going to find out that they are that person. And um, I and I and I say that because as I was doing my research, I realized that I was. I'm a, I was a little bit that person, maybe not crazy, like right. super hardcore about it, but there were things that as I was reading, I was like, man, I, I mean, that just seems so off. Right. And like, that was my first reaction. And so, I mean, I have, obviously I have things I need to work on, but I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing your thoughts and, and, you know, just, just going, going ahead and diving into it. So creation versus evolution, faith versus science, um, when when I think of faith versus science, for me, it's it it seems you know to have stemmed from a really early age when we're talking about how humans got here. And growing up, it was like, well, I didn't come from a monkey, you know, and like that was that was the big debate then. And right. I and I think that it's sort of it is why aren't monkeys still turning into people all right. around us? <laughs> right, right. At the zoos and right, and and I think ironically that that, you know, debate has evolved into different things over time. And, and so, you know, where are we at today? Well, I would say it both has evolved and maybe hasn't evolved. Like one thing we could do is sort of do like a replay of the Bill Nye versus Ken Ham Mm. uh, debates of evolution and creation at like the creation museum. Oh yeah. Um, Because there, there, there is still, I guess, interest in that sort of oppositional way of, of looking at creation versus evolution. Uh, I mean, I I didn't mean to interrupt. I know you're going to talk about sort of maybe where we are today, but I just want to point out that there are some people who may still be stuck in some of those debates. Hopefully we'll take it in a couple of different Mm -hmm. directions. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's sort of actually where I wanted to go was not necessarily try to keep it you know, in particular, you know, set on one, you know, like how did humans get here? But, but let's, let's go with, you know, creation in general and then 
you know, maybe, you know, work it into living creatures. And then, you know, does that matter? Does it not matter? How does that affect your salvation? And I know that maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, I think that that's, that's where we would like this episode to go. Well, how does the, how does it, um, yeah. How does it impact your religious view? How does it impact, you know, uh, just a call back to last week. How does it impact how you interpret scripture? Right. Or how does the way you interpret scripture impact your view mm-hmm. on on creation, on science, on faith and their roles? How does the church deal with this? Um, how do we deal with this issue in in our current culture, in modern society? Um, there's all sorts of issues that grow out of this. How do we treat people who believe differently than we do, who've come to believe differently than we do? Do we allow ourselves to believe different things? Are we allowed to change the way we right. believe over time? All sorts of things. Maybe let me just keep going. I'll turn into like two or three episodes if we can just keep <laughs> coming up with things we might want to touch right. on. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like we say this almost every episode, but like this is a topic that we could, I mean, you could have a whole podcast on in of itself, you know, just like, like the whole theme of the podcast could just be creation, could just Just be, put your finger on a pressure point here and it just opens up a whole lot because, yeah. and, and maybe let me, let me start right there. Okay. Let me, let me just start right there. Um, you know, again, not to derail you, but I think what, what you've just said, the reason maybe why of, of all the different things in all of scripture that we could actually talk about, perhaps the reason why this is such a linchpin is I think for some Christians, Mm -hmm. the way they read scripture, again, going back to the way we read and interpret scripture, the way they read scripture, if the world, if the universe, if the earth was not literally created in six 24-hour days, Right. if that's not true, their entire faith collapses. Yeah, it just crumbles. If, if that's not true, Jesus didn't come, he yeah. didn't die, he yep. didn't rise again. I mean, all bets are off. So let's yeah. just put that out there, that for, for some, that's why... This is not just a throwaway issue, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get to that more about you know why this matters, does this matter, should it matter as mm-hmm. much as maybe it does for some people. But I just want to say that you know one reason why we could spend so much time and go so many directions is it is that important for some people. And I will even say even just so you have a glimpse into me, like I've done in a couple of past episodes. I was certainly raised to think that anybody who did not believe, you know, early on and. In, in the teaching I received that anybody who did not believe that the that the earth was created in six literal 24-hour days, mm-hmm. um, that they were an atheist. They were the equivalent of an atheist because this is the way that it says that it went down. Yeah. It didn't go down any other way. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the beginning. That is for us as people who grew up going to church, um, you know, families were involved. Um, we were there. I'm, I'm assuming, brother, you were there pretty much whenever the doors were open for the most part, right? Sure. Even when they were closed. Right. Sometimes. Same. Kali, same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would grow out of that at some point, but I just grew more into it, um, which is not a bad thing. Anyone that I know that I go to church with who is listening. I love it here. Um, man, I don't ever want to pander, but I just did. So, so okay. the, we'll, we'll cut it in post. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so the the idea of what we were taught as people who grew up going to church were the you know seven days of creation, um, light, uh, atmosphere slash 
firmament, which has some there. There's some crazy thoughts about that in general that I heard right. when I was a kid. But anyway, um, you know the the ground plants. Day three, day four, sun, moon, and stars. Day five, birds and sea animals. Day six, land animals and humans. And then on the seventh day, I guess God created rest. Um, right. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, I read and football. Ran <laughs> football. By the way, I read those and didn't have those memorized. I wish that I had those memorized. But I don't. Um, I get them mixed up all the time. I'm, but anyway, that's not the point here. The, but the, the point is that that was just my truth growing up. Right, that was right. that's how it was. I, there were there were so many felt stories. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. They had the felt board with the people on there and the flannel graph. Oh yeah, yeah oh man. my gosh, I had so many of those growing up like that. And it was it was one day it was when light was created. It was the second day it was the atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? Like each day and. Um, you know, going back to last week, you know, the, the, the tool that the, the, the hermeneutic tool that was used when they were talking about that scripture was the literal hermeneutic. They were, you know, taking it exactly word for word that that is, that is what it is. There, there is no, there's no other kind of interpreting that needs to be done. And quite frankly, is that, is that, is that possible? Could God have done it that way? Yes. Is well, it, well I, yes, yes, but l- let me just say one thing that you probably didn't do, and and I definitely didn't do, is we weren't like reading the story, even though reading it literally. I don't know that we were actually reading it quite as literally as we thought we were. Like, you know, there's, for instance, God creates light before He creates the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some weird things that go on there, or the thing that I mean, it took years before I actually this was pointed out to me is that Genesis 2 is sort of like an alternate or somewhat different creation story that right. comes right after Genesis 1. I mean, I understand the way that, uh, you know, the, the way that maybe a, a conservative reading would want them reconciled is that, oh, well, the second version is just kind of a more detailed account right. of how man and woman and things were created. The first version is really how it went down. Mm-hmm. But my point is this, is that, it was taken very literally in in certain respects, but in in other respects uh, was taken less literally. And especially once we get into Genesis 3, 4, 5, 6, once we start and get to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Mm -hmm. Seth and things like that, there's all sorts of things that we sort sort of ignore that might be inconsistent because we're just focused on, you know, these things that we have taken literally as fact that this was a, Again, a 24-hour period, and this is what God created during these times. Yeah, and and so that's more or less, I would say, primarily, in large part, a very conservative Christian view on creation, essentially. Would you agree with that, Brad? I would, and in fact, you know, I, I've looked at some polling just in sort of get ready for the ready for this class, and when you look at groups, when you look across all religious groups, all religious groups in the United States, that evangelical Christians mm-hmm. are those that are most likely not to believe in any sort of evolution or any sort of old earth, you know, the earth being more than six to 10,000 oh, years right. old. So of all groups of all people in the United States, evangelical Christians, actually Jehovah's Witness are the, are the high, they're the ones who are the, who are the, the least like the absolute least likely to believe yeah. um, in, in evolution or, or something else, but evangelical Christians are, are right up there. So yeah. yes, I agree with you. That's sort of very traditional um, uh, Protestant 
reading. All right, so that is that's the that's that side, right? And 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 I think that maybe quickly take a look at the quote other side and maybe their thoughts growing up or maybe the the their their truth that that they believed growing up. And um the um the main overall accepted um idea as to how um you know the earth was formed uh, is called the core acre um accretion model acre, yeah the core accretion model which is based i'm pretty sure i'm saying that right which is basically 4.6 million years ago um billion billion sorry yeah, i said million billion it's okay yeah my bad thank you thank you it's okay <clears throat> Um, What's a few million billion years among friends? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and and so I'm I'm sort of looking at this here from uh, what is this? This is the Scientific America, by the way. Yeah, so okay. I'm, this is not me. Yeah, it's a publication of record. I yeah, got you. absolutely. So um, basically, gravity collapsed uh, the this cloud of dust and gas. Um, from the solar system collapsed material on itself and it began to spin, which formed the sun, which is the center of the nebula, right? Right. Um, from there, uh, material began to clump. Um, smaller particles drew together, bound by the force of gravity. Larger particles, um, which kind of swept away the the lighter one, the lighter elements yeah. such as helium and hydrogen. This sounds a lot like Genesis one, by the way. I'm not sure where the disconnect is. <laughs> right. I mean, absolutely. It, it, you, you've you've skipped over eight billion years too before that. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> we we got to go all the way back to 13.8 billion years when it all started. But so you're already like 8 billion years into the process. Yeah. Just, you know, a mere 5 billion years ago, basically yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. No but it, but I, it does. It's very similar to the to the poetic language of, and that was evening and morning, the 5 billionth day. Yeah. The 5 billionth year. Right. And so um, essentially uh, through all of that, um, the heavy rock materials basically created our core. Um, the less heavy material created the crust, and um, then at some point, after all that had sort of formed, it was hit by another large body of mass. It kind of broke apart a little bit. All of those materials kind of pressed together, and then we got the moon. Um, and essentially from there, that sort of, in a very simplified, small phrasing, um, how the Earth was formed. That's like current... Except broadly accepted right. scientific understanding, right? And there are, I mean, and there are disputes. There are people that think that there, there's other, there are other ways of potentially explaining it, like the disk instability model, um, pebble accretion. I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right. A c c r e t i o n. I, I don't know how else to say that if it's not it, but um, but mainly widely accepted the core accretion model. So um, where why i guess maybe i should go why with why can christians not accept this form this idea no. this concept yeah what, what why i mean maybe going back to what i said before why is this so why is this threatening to the personhood of jesus sure well, why does the the scientific agreement the broad agreement in the scientific community about the age of the universe like even if maybe people disagree about how specifically earth was created mm -hmm. there's large agreement in terms of the age of the universe let's so let's make it as simple as that you know the universe right. is 13.8 billion years old why is that so incredibly uh, threatening to your entire belief structure um, I think that's actually a really good question. Yeah. And, and I think it, it really does go back to 
what are we reading when we're reading Genesis 1 and Genesis 2? And, and maybe it's raising larger questions about what we're reading when we're reading Scripture. What are we reading when we're reading the Old Testament? Um, one thing that I think is, has been helpful for me when I read Genesis is I consider, by tradition, this is through conservative scholarship and tradition. Yeah. All right, Roman, quiz time. Okay. Who wrote Genesis? Who wrote Genesis? Moses, right? Yes, you can okay, say it that. Was Moses. <laughs> Mo- it was Moses. I was very confident. There in my was answer. no, there was no cheat sheet needed. You know that. Like, yeah, it was Moses. Like anybody who's at the church, whenever the doors were open or closed. Yeah. It was by tradition. It's Moses. Moses wrote the Pentateuch, right? The yeah. first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But the reason why that fact could be really, really important is that the first time, according to tradition, that this story was actually recorded and put to paper, the audience would have been a people who had been enslaved for the past 400 years. Yeah. Right? So if we think about, we sort of, if we look at the scripture and we try to study it in a vacuum, again, like we said last week, like it's some sort of a, an owner's manual to a car, it's going to function very differently than if we start to think about, well, what was this story? What is Genesis 1 and 2? And what was its primary purpose? Was the primary purpose of Genesis 1 and 2, the creation narrative, was the primary purpose to transmit historical fact in terms of historical chronological facts about creation to the Israelites who had just been working seven days a week and enslaved and been the victims of genocide over the past 400 years. Is that what the primary purpose was? Or might the primary purpose have been to essentially uh, assure them that their deliverer, that that the, the divine force that just miraculously delivered them out of slavery was the driving force behind creation, behind yeah. everything that we see. And that maybe the details, you know, I'm sort of making an argument here, I guess, <laughs> that maybe the details or, or, or the chronology in particular are not as important as that overriding point, mm. which is that the creator, the deliverer for them, that that the deliverer was the same one who created the I am yeah. was the one Yahweh was the one who created everything you can see. Um, you know, humanity, man, woman, beast, fish, air, sun, moon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Things that they understood, things that they could, they could reference and like it was easily accessible and written in a language they could understand because let's be honest in their 400 years of slavery, they probably weren't like crazy, highly educated. Right. Um, and they didn't know about dark matter or black holes or not. neutron stars sure. or supernovas. Definitely or not heavy metals or yeah. Um, they, they did probably know how to say accretion though. Um, better, better than <laughs> me anyway, but it's funny cause it, it sounds like Brad, you're not looking at it from a, literal or hermeneutic standpoint, but more of a maybe moral or allegorical standpoint. And I think that's a fair way to look at it, but people would just, man, it's so crazy how it, you say that. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you by any means. Sure. But feel free to disagree. Well, no, fine. I don't. I, I don't. And it's, it's, 
it's so weird. It's hard for me to even say that out loud because I know that there are people that I know that are going to listen to this. And it's, and that's kind of sad if, if I'm being really honest, because yeah. it's, I'm, I, I know I'm going to receive feedback, not like, Oh, poor Roman or whatever. But like, I, I know people that listen to this that are going to be like, I, well, I can't believe you would even consider that as an option. And I just, I don't well, understand here's, why. Here, here's why. Here's why. Because it's the, it's the slippery slope argument. I think that's what they would say is the next thing there. I don't know that they would be, I'm putting words into imaginary people's mouths right, right now. Right? right. Right. But I would say that, you know, maybe the, I don't know if it's the best counter argument, but maybe the primary counter argument to, to that point that, okay, this does not necessarily have to be taken literally. I mean, even when we get to let's 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 go even to Adam and Eve. Let's go to cha- all the way to chapter you know two and three. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, with the story of Adam and Eve, um, you know what what is the most important part of the story? Is the most important part of the story about Adam and Eve is that the serpent said these exact words, is that Eve responded with these exact words, that Adam responded with these words, and God responded with these words, and it happened 6,323 years ago? Is that the most important part of the story? Or is the most important takeaway from the story of Adam and Eve that we as humans will are are going to be sort of always have this dissatisfaction mm-hmm. in our lives and we're always going to kind of choose to you know to break the rules we're we're going to be feel compelled to you know to do things to 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 seek instant gratification and not think about long term i mean is there sort of a greater truth in the story where you know what's more important that this historic happened as a historical event or that this still happens people still do this this is a truth about humans and yeah. yeah. how we live right so anyway I, I I do that example with Adam and Eve because I think here's the slippery slope and what people might argue they say well look you say that with creation you say that with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel do do you believe any of it is should any of it be uh read literally what are you going to say that about about the flood too i think you you went to the flood uh, uh last week when we were talking about scripture are right. we going to say that about noah too mm-hmm. um are, are, you know wh- where does it stop are we going to say that about jacob and israel and you know what what about uh near eastern history where there's not a whole lot of uh, you know, evidence of of a, of a Jewish people or or a not not a Jewish people, but an Israelite people who were who had uh, slavery or an exodus at the level that we get, um, you know, that, that we are told about in Scripture. What do you do with all that? Or do you believe any of it? And I think that's what people would be worried about. Mm-hmm. They would be worried about the slippery slope, whereby once you again, so where does the slippery slope begin? It all begins with those six 24-hour days. And, and, and when you, you know, the moment you stop thinking that those 24-hour days had to be literal, you opened yourself up to questioning every other part of the scripture. Yeah. And, you know, this, this kind of reminds me of I, the first time I think I ever genuinely disagreed with my dad biblically. And we have since come to, uh, we're on talking terms again. Uh, we were never on not talking terms, but um, it's over the parable of the 10 virgins. And I, I promise this will relate at some point, but the idea of the parable of the 10 virgins really used to bother me because basically if you, if to recap the story, essentially there were, there were 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom. 
Um, fiber foolish, fiber wise. The foolish ones essentially ran out of oil when the bridegroom came and they weren't allowed in. Right. They asked the wise ones, hey, can you give me some of their oil? And the wise ones were like, we can't give you any of our oil because we won't have any. Yeah. And this is essentially talking about heaven and being prepared, right? right. And making sure that, you know... Trim, you, trim, trim your lamb. Yeah, get your stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I remember reading that and thinking, what about grace and mercy and forgiveness? And I was like, Dad, how can you be okay with this parable? This just seems so not like the rest of the Bible. And it was like the first time I, I can remember like reading something and be like, wow, that just doesn't sound, I was, so, I was just so taken back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my dad in his, he's listening to this right now in his, not right now, not live, not we, we live, record. We're, we're not live, but he's <laughs> listening to this. I guess whenever he is listening to it, it is right uh-huh. now. But anyway, um, he's listening to this and he's thinking like, yeah, Roman, I got you. Um, in, in his, in his wise old age, um, he was like, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is have your stuff together. The point of yeah. the story is, is make sure that, you know, you're, you're where you need to be and all that, you know, and, and, and yeah. basically that that's essentially is, is preparedness basically. Right. It's, right. it's not like, yes, grace and mercy exists and it's there. And, and that doesn't mean that it's not a part of the story, right. but that's not the intention of, of the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, I think that falls right into line with what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, you know, we're, people get caught up on little words or yeah. what is the core takeaway from yeah. this? What is the core takeaway? And I've, you know, when I've had discussions with, with ki- my kids, mm-hmm. my own children about this, I mean, my core takeaway from Genesis one and two is that God created the heavens and the earth. It's right there yeah, in the beginning, abso- yeah, right? Absolutely. That's to me that that's the core takeaway. And and any um, any once you start getting beyond that, um, you know, you start running into some of these issues. I mean, I think we should we should talk about it. We should talk about it. like so. What are the implications? So you hold this view. Let's say you hold this sort of dogmatic, uh, classical view of six twenty-four hour days. Let's just think about, you know, play that out. What is the impact of that? If, if that's, you know, you, you decide, you know, all, all of us, you know, with children have to decide what to teach our children when we're teaching them religiously. Mm-hmm. What is the impact of that? I mean, I guess, you know, one impact could be if you, if you send them to a school, you know, a, a private Christian school that reinforces that view of the world, then they just get it reinforced, I guess, at home and at church, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the church teaches this, maybe it doesn't. Like I said, if it's uh, if it's evangelical Christian, it's more likely to to have that view based on the polling. If, right. you're, if you're Catholic or if you're, you know, so even Jew, actually a very high percentage of Jews um, believe that evolution played some role in, sure. in, the, in the, the earth is much older than scripture would, would seem to say. But you know what? So you could, if your kids are, you know, have that in school, maybe even go to college, maybe even to a Christian college, maybe even where that view is accepted or maybe even taught. But what, what if that's not, what if that's not the path that your children are on? Or or Mm -hmm. what, what if they, what if they go into a, you know, go to a secular school, to a public school? What if they go to, you know, a a, a regular, a a college, a, a private school, a state school? The, what is the impact well, of, of that type of a view? I can tell you what they normally do, and that's they sit there and they're quiet, 
and then they go home and they tell mom and dad what they heard and mom yeah. and dad are like oh my gosh i can't believe it and then there's a letter written to the principal and the principal's like and they add it to the stack you know and yeah. and and it, and and it is it's unfortunate and then you you know you have it's i don't know i'd like to think that it's the same people that you know are really up in arms um, I, no i'm not going to go there because that's a whole podcast for a whole other time um it was going to have to do with the Ten Commandments and prayer in school. Well, yeah. there's a whole counter. Let, let me d- 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 say this. There's a whole sort of like counter scientific area of thought too. I, I mean, I think you know, I, I'm I'm aware of some of some curriculum, some yeah, some you know, Bible based curriculum where they will go into trying to essentially attack the science mm-hmm. that is broadly, broadly, I'm just going to use the word broadly to be charitable, but it's broadly agreed upon by saying, you know, carbon dating's flawed. Look at the fossil record in in the Grand Canyon. I mean, just coming up with things that, you know, maybe you can find a, you know, a a scientist here or or somebody here who will say this, but the the broader scientific community disagrees with all of these different points, right? But, But there would be I guess maybe some ammunition at least mm-hmm. to, to try to combat. Um, but, but I would say, let me just cut to the chase here. What I think ends up happening is that you have the potential to be, and, and your children have the potential to be completely out of step with culture and with the rest of society when it comes to something that, that people broadly agree upon. I mean, you have no problem, you know, using your, the iPhone or the MRI machine or the automobile or all these other things that technology and science and, Mm -hmm. and these discoveries brought us, but we're going to reject it whenever it tells us anything about origin or age of the earth or anything of that nature. And, and I want to make sure I'm clear that I'm not saying that there's never a time to run counter to society or to culture to have a belief that runs counter to the majority of those people in society and culture. There absolutely is. But I think we have to pick those battles carefully. So one, I I would say probably the most um, poignant example in the last 500 years has to do with the view of the universe. We're not you know, not the age of the universe, but just the nature of the universe and specifically the nature of our own solar system. So there was for, uh, for hundreds of years before Galileo, there was a, a, the Ptolemaic view of the universe, Mm -hmm. a geocentric view of the universe, right? Which was biblically based. Mm -hmm. All right. The, The Catholic church um, they would just—I mean—the Catholic Church was the church at that time, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, there was a view, and and from script, you know, we could quote the scriptures, but there's scriptures and Psalms and elsewhere that talk about how, you know, God, you know, you have laid the earth, the firm foundation; it does not move. It yeah. does not move, and the and the sun goes over the you know the sun the sun appears here and it goes there, and then it, so it, it the the way that um, the the church doctrine and church teaching was that the earth was at the center of our solar system and the sun and the moon and the stars and everything went around it. And guess what? If you're outside and you're looking around, that's sort of what it looks like is happening, yeah, right? It is what I it mean, that, like, that's, yeah. that's what it looks like is happening. Um, now you have Copernicus comes along and then more importantly, you have Galileo who comes along. And I say more importantly, just because Galileo interacted with the church so much. Well, Galileo was brought it, 
before the Inquisition. Yeah. You know, because he had written and espoused view, you know, he, he observed, he observed evidence, Mm -hmm. scientific evidence. He created, you know, one of the first telescopes. He uh, observed motion of the planets and stars and moons of, of Jupiter. And he says, you know what? I actually think Copernicus is right, right, not Ptolemy. And I, I, I agree that we're moving around the sun. That I think it's actually the other way. The planets are moving around the sun. And the Catholic Church first got him to recant and then later brought him in. And, and, and they got him to recant and he was... Uh, um, you know, he would, the charges were dismissed, the heresy charges. I mean, he was brought up on heresy charges, but ultimately about 10 years before he died, he was brought up on as a heretic and a fraud and he was convicted and he was sentenced to imprisonment for the rest of his life. And he spent the last 10 years of his life in print because he was so old, they let him live it out at home mm-hmm. because he was arguing that the sun was at the center of the solar system as opposed to the earth. Now, the reason, okay, I realize I wasted a lot of time on that. I spent a lot of time on that. Here's my point. Why, you tell, tell me what you think, Roman. Yeah. Why was the church so worried? I, who cares? Right. Why does it matter? Why does it matter whether the earth is at the center of our solar system or whether the sun is at the center of our solar system? First of all, let's, let's agree. You and I both agree that the sun is at the center of the solar system, right? Uh, yes, no, I, well, definitely I don't know if we can pull up the Scientific American <laughs> article to fact check yes, that one, but no, we both agree that. that yeah. But why? I mean, why, why do you think for the church? Why would they? Why would some they label somebody a heretic? Yeah, well, I, I think that there's this this overriding idea that we have to be right, and if we've said it in the beginning, we kind of have to stick with it, um, and we're going to stick with it until basically we die. Um, and I, and I think even especially then at that point, like if they were, um, potentially wrong about anything, then they felt like then there was, there was a possibility for everything to be wrong. Yes. And, yes. and so if, if, if they were wrong about that, if, if the earth is not the center of the universe, then it, is it even, and then, then there's even this thought that if the earth isn't the center of the universe, is it, is it, is it as important to God as it's supposed to be. Right. Right. Ooh. Now, yeah. now I know you wanted to get into aliens. That might be a little right. bit of a segue. We won't go off that exit ramp, but you yeah. know, maybe we're not at the center of the universe or not at the center of the solar system yeah, yeah, and not yeah. at the center of the universe. But I think you put your finger right on, on the point is that if we lose, we as the church, if we lose credibility, yeah, on this one thing, like which hill are we going to die on? We choose our hill to die on. It's going to be this. And so he was a heretic. And it wasn't, you know, I was just interested in sort of reading it forward. And it, it wasn't really until like Pope John Paul II that you had sort of a full recantation of, of the Catholic Church saying like, hey, you know, we, we didn't treat Galileo right right you know yeah. in, you know in the inquisition but i guess here's my point is that that was 500 years ago but mm-hmm. i don't see a whole lot of difference here in yeah. terms of the motivation of um why it's you know such a concern i mean now you're not i mean yeah there's the flat earthers and mm, Kyrie irving we're calling you out so because because Sorry. exactly because of the uh you know because of the the internet you got you can find anybody who believes something weird right yeah but set aside the flat earthers 
everybody universally believes that the sun is at the center of the solar system. But you just have to rewind a few hundred years and you can see where somebody was labeled a heretic for it. So, but what, what ended up happening, you know, let's just play that forward. What ended up happening is people realized, well, you know what? The fact that the sun is at the center of the universe mm-hmm. and the earth goes around the sun like the other planets do, you know what? That doesn't destroy my faith in God. Yeah, that doesn't. doesn't destroy my faith in a creator. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't even mean I stop reading Genesis or Psalms or the Old Testament. Right. It's like if you were to go, I mean, to any evangelical church on a Sunday where you, normally there's a bunch of people are going to be there, right? I know it's COVID, so maybe not. But like for the most part, right. you're going to have people there. If you were to go to, you pick 10 people out of any church, you could ask them all the same question. What, you know, give me the foundation of your faith. And I doubt most of them are going to come out and say, well, it's because the earth was created in six days. Right, right. But yet, when you start talking about, when you start getting into this topic, it's like it becomes the foundation of their faith. And and without it, it's, well, I don't know that I can actually have this And anymore. doesn't it raise the question, Does it or, or does it raise the larger question of how their faith is built? Oh gosh, yes. Okay. Man. Is is their faith built like, you know, what w- what is the cornerstone of their faith? Yeah. Is the cornerstone, like you said, is the cornerstone of their faith 6 24-hour days? Mm-hmm. Or is the cornerstone of their faith an invisible god that we can't see and prove anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, like we're let's just kind of put all the cards on the table. We Maybe we're already, here's my point, maybe we're already feeling a little um, persecuted and maybe even a little bit self-conscious about our faith and our beliefs that we're, maybe that's why we pick these other hills to die on yeah. is because we're worried that these are all battles. And I'm going to come back to your to your other point that you didn't want to go to, whether it's prayer in school or 10 commandments, right? It's like, well, no, we can't keep losing all these cultural battles. And so the, the literal six day creation or the, you know, young earth, you know, earth is only six to 10,000 years old. That actually becomes more of, to get back to politics, more of like a political cultural marker Mm -hmm. where it's like us, I'm putting that in quotes, even though you can't see it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Us, against them, you know, mm-hmm. us being the religious people and them being the secularists. And yeah. so what we've actually done is we've just created another tribal distinction to try to make ourselves different. Oh, we are the people who believe in a six to 10,000 year old, you know, what, what would be wrong with, um, with erasing that line? Well, exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go. Um, you know, we, we get into this, you know, this time debate and you know, there is, I, you couldn't necessarily say that this is sort of taking out of context. I would still argue that, that, that thought, um, that second Peter three verse eight says, um, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years, like a day. Now he's obviously, he's talking about, you know, some people are deliberately omitting the truth about God. Right. And he's like, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step back and realize the power and the authority and the eternalness of God. And and so, you know, God being out of this whole time thing, 
really throws a wrench in 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 this thought process of of a twenty four hour day. I I would say uh, that that verse is a, maybe a little bit of a gateway drug. I think oh, absolutely. You, you brought your um, and I'm just sort of saying that tongue firmly pan, planted in cheek. But you talk about your dad. I'll talk about my dad. I think you know maybe the first time I brought this subject up with my dad quite some time ago, he brought I think that verse up. Mm-hmm. And I say a gateway drug just because you know it's maybe a soft way to handle this or a little softer touch to say, well, so maybe they weren't 24 hour days. Maybe they were 10,000 year days. And so now we're, you know, we've gone from six to 10,000 years to maybe 60,000 years. So maybe that explains a little bit, but you know, this goes so much deeper than just, I mean, we haven't even started talking about evolution or we haven't even started really talking about like the fossil record in dinosaurs. I mean, there, the kind of stuff, I'll just say it, the kind of stuff that I have heard from some areas of, of evangelical Christianity where like God planted the dinosaurs there to challenge our faith. They never really existed. They're just there, you know, to, to make us think or, or, or (laughs) Brad, don't take my Jurassic Park. All right. That's where I was going to go with that (laughs) was the idea that if you, if you, if you like, you make it that six, that six 24 hour day thing, like there's no Jurassic Park. There are no dinosaurs. Right. Right. right? That's where you, I mean, that's where you were going, right? right. I'm not, I'm yeah, not well, trying exactly. to completely derail you, but that's exactly where you're going with that. Like it's, it's gone. And you're like, and I've met people like that. I think even at one point my dad said that once and he has since changed his mind. Sorry. Right. Dad, we're all about dads here. today. Right. But, but on the other hand you have, and, and I think I joked about it maybe in the last podcast when we were talking about literalism, on the other hand, you will see some coloring books that literally have the triceratops, you know, going in two <laughs> by two into the ark. Yeah. So it's like there's some accommodationalist tendencies mm-hmm. where they either didn't exist or they did, but it was only 6,000 years ago, even though none of the fossil records support that so what ends up happening again what does all this mean i think what ends up happening unfortunately is that christians just end up looking like they're crazy we look foolish right i, I mean and i don't think that i'm i don't think i'm i'm stretching with that like it ends up looking uh to to people that that were not sort of raised in this mm-hmm. you know with, with this um with this sort of uh, creation, yeah. uh, creationist mindset or young earth creation view, it ends up sounding very, very strange. It sounds like we're defensive, I think. You know when like somebody calls you out on something and you like, well, you, I don't use, but, the, oh, you know, and like people start to do that. Yeah. I, and, 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 and not maybe not only defensive, but maybe scared and, um, I'm going to use a word that, that might be offensive, but weak. Um, and I would say, and this is a bold statement, um, that people who get into crazy arguments about this and who can't accept that there may be something else that could have been a possibility right. have, have some instability in their faith. Right. And, and, and I, and I, that, that's probably going to hurt some feelings, but they're going to have to give me something different. Well, let, and maybe let's give those folks a little bit of a lifeline. I want to, you know, to put all my cards on the table. Do I believe that God could have created the heavens and the earth in six literal 24 hour days? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Could he have done it in six seconds? Mm-hmm. Yes. Could, could, could he have 
planted all the dinosaurs just to test everyone's faith so that you know fewer people believed. I guess so. Sure. I, I guess. But but the point is is that given sort of the evidence and and given what you know what we've learned about our world. It doesn't appear that he did, right? <laughs> right. It just doesn't appear that way. Mm-hmm. Um, do 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 I still believe? Do we still believe that you know, God was the uh, you know was the was the cause of the universe that He created the universe? Absolutely. And like I said, I, I know that I don't think we've really punted on it. We just really haven't even gotten into evolution. I, I'll just say this as a way to maybe talk about evolution just a little bit. Um, I was reading uh, recently a, a Pew Research poll, and the way that they had conducted this poll for years, when they were asking people about whether they believed that evolution played a role in sort of the current world that we live in, what was evolution and natural selection sort of a part of how we got here? Mm-hmm. Um, they would ask that question: Was it either that did 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 it play a role, or do you think the Earth was created by God? exactly how it is. And so they would get very, understandably, they only gave people two choices, a very polarized view. And it would li- it lined up exactly how I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. that you know, sort of the more conservative you were on the Christian side, the more likely you were to say, well, God, especially evangelicals, were to say, no, the earth was created just like this. But what they did in the past few years is they added a third option. I found this fascinating. So they said, first, do you believe that evolution and natural selection played a role in how we got here today, but there is absolutely no divine component to it at all? God played zero role. Or number two, do you believe that evolution and natural selection played a role in how we got to where we are today and God caused it and was a part of it? There was divine influence, yeah. guidance, control. Okay. And then the third one was the same as the as the the, the old second question, which was, uh, or the answer, which was, earth was created exactly how it is now and it was created by God. And what they found is that the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people, when given that middle uh, answer, fell into the first two categories. It really yeah. cut down. So it's what that, here's what that tells me, Roman. It tells me that what people are maybe starting to focus on, when given the ability to focus on it, is the most important thing, yep. which yep. is that God was involved, mm-hmm. that God was there, that God created the heavens and the earth, right? Yeah. And then everything that sort of flows through that. And and so if you do set it up oppositionally, and I know we, you know, we, we sort of set it up like that in the beginning, you know, creation versus evolution, science yeah. versus faith. But of course, it doesn't have to be that way. They don't have to be oppositional. No, definitely they not. really do not. And And I think that we should almost at all times try to <clears throat> stay away from that, that concept of, of, of making it an us versus them. I know we've talked about that in like, it feels like almost every podcast, but I feel yeah. like that's kind of what this whole drawing the line thing is, is that when you draw those lines, you, you tend to create that us versus them concept. Um, and, and, you know, wanting to get into the, you know, the, the importance of, of what was really trying to be, what was, well, what we would say in our opinion is, is the message of, of Genesis one and two, right? Right. Is is um, I think stated in Hebrews eleven, you know the the faith chapter, um, verse three says, "By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible." 
Okay, it doesn't say, so by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command in six 24-hour days. It doesn't say that because in my probably— That, that was not the—that's not the most important right. in, piece of that. In, in my not-so-humble opinion, that's, that doesn't matter. If, 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 if I'm just going to be as honest as I possibly yeah. can be, I just, I don't think it matters and it shouldn't because whether or not God, you know, well, what does matter is that God did it, that, sure. that God is the one that, that put things into place to ensure that earth was formed. Right. And that we were created and the things on it were created. That is, that is the important, the lesson. And, and if I get caught up in you know, the intricacies and little technicalities of whatever of time and whatever, then I'm, I'm missing the message and I'm, and I am, I am, I'm putting my own, my own, what's the word, um, tradition into something that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. That that's going to cause problems. It's going to cause rifts. It's going to become a stumbling block for other people. Well, let's talk about those rifts just for a second. You know, I mentioned children before, but you know, do I have friends, family members, you know, people I'm close with who, who do, you know, believe, you know, sort of have this young earth creationist view. Absolutely. Are they still my friends? Yes. Yeah. I hope so. Even after this podcast, now, they, pro they probably I will because so. they, they don't, this is probably not very surprising anything I'm saying, right. but here's the thing. <laughs> If they come to me and talk to me about this, if they if they talk to me about their kids and about their kids asking questions about this or their kids at school, I mean, I think they need to understand and know what the impact will be or what the impact might be when you hold some of these views. Because what is, I think at some point in our lives, we have to decide what is important, like what are our primary drivers? Yeah. You know, it, it, so, you know, by you, choosing, you know, the sort of the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, um, you know, what is your driver there? Like it, that faith mm -hmm. that, you know, having, you know, having, um, you know, faith is the, the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen, like having that faith, even when, uh, we can't see that, that that's, that's really important. Right. Yeah. Um, but what about sort of arguing over, something that doesn't have that same kind of focus, like you said, in the scripture. And what about using that as sort of a, a dividing tool to just split people up and to categorize people? It just doesn't, I don't think it works well that way. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, I, I think there, you know, you might be thinking or asking, especially since we talked about interpreting scripture last week. Well, okay. Um, if if the if Genesis chapter one is mostly like a poem, which it is, if you read it, it sure. kind of goes in a cycle. Yeah. And that was evening, and that was morning, and that was the first day. Yeah. And God saw that it was good, and mm -hmm. God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was very good. I mean, it just it repeats itself, just yeah. like a poem, right? So if Genesis one is a is a poem that confirms for us. Uh, you know God's sort of creative energy and the and the diversity of creation on the earth. It, it, if if its primary purpose was to communicate to us um, that that everything sort of emanated from God, mm -hmm. right? That everything emanated from God and the Spirit from from the Godhead. Then maybe the next the place it takes us next is okay. 
then how do we then start viewing the next chapter yeah. and the next chapter? And I will tell you that whenever I came to maybe read the creation narrative more like that, it actually made reading the rest of Genesis, the, re the, the rest of the Old Testament, it made it a lot more exciting to me, quite frankly, mm. because I started to look at these stories not just as a historical record. And I'm not saying that there's you know nothing historical in the Old Testament or in, mm -hmm. in Genesis in particular, but is the point is the point of these stories to transmit historical information? Is that the primary point of Genesis 1 and 2? And I guess that's all we're really kind of talking about today. We can get to other passages, and I'm sure we will. Right. Well, and, and so in, in wrapping up, right, I, I think that sort of, and I'm going to sort of speak for Brad for a second, and please disagree with me if, if you think that what I'm saying is wrong. Sure. But I, I think that the question that what, what we hope that after this podcast, you know, you can at least have further discussion on or you can better answer for yourself is, does the time in which or how um, the earth was formed, is that a salvation issue for you or for anyone or should it be? And if if the answer is anything other than, uh, well, if, if your answer begins with God created the heavens and the earth, then in my opinion, I think you're good. Now, everything else technically that comes after that, I think becomes something that we have created into an unnecessary argument or un an unnecessary debate that yet again, in my opinion, does not affect one's salvation. Your, your salvation is not or should not in, be affected by whether it took six 24-hour days or a billion years, as long as God is the one that made it happen. And you firmly, 100% in your heart, believe that. Because scripturally, that's the point. That's the message. That's what was trying to be conveyed to the people in biblical times and to people now. I hope that that makes sense. Brad, is, I mean, is that is that along the lines of what we're trying to say? Yeah, I think so. The only part that I would just, you know, for myself, I guess maybe rephrase just a little bit, just because we haven't really defined our terms in terms of a, you know, salvation issue and what's that mean. Maybe that's a, that's a great that's a great subject for a podcast. It is, yeah. Salvation issues. Salvation issues. Um, but I would probably go back to what I said earlier is just that, you know, is this something, you know, do, really we have to ask ourselves the question, is this something that your entire faith should be built upon? Right. Should, should, no. your, should your faith crumble if this is not the case? If, if you get to heaven and you find out that mm, God kicked it all off about 13.8 billion years ago. Does your faith collapse at that point? Mm -hmm. Right. And my, the, I have come to believe that it doesn't. Do I believe that God was powerful enough to do it? Yes, yes, yes. You know, could he done it even quicker and all that? Yes, of course. Um, does it even really matter how long? No, no I don't even think it does. Right. It, it just not, doesn't move the needle. And, and I didn't always think that, but, but I do think that now. Um, but, is it important that that we're here 
and that we came from God and that we were made in his image, I would argue that's the most, perhaps the most important part of Genesis chapter one Yeah, is that, you know, men and women, humanity, we are made in the image of God to go back to some of our, mm-hmm. our, our way earlier podcasts. Us being minted in the image of God is probably the most important takeaway. And if for some reason, let's put it this way, let's say you're right about the six 24 hour days, but you miss the fact that every single human being was made in the image of God. I think you have missed the most important point, even if you're right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that we can totally major in minors. Um, yeah. you know, as, as Christians or as, as Bible readers. So yeah, we'll have to get into that whole, uh, salvation issues thing. Cause I think that's a, that itself is a, is an interesting phrase, Roman. I want us to yeah. tease that out. All right. No, that sounds good. Well, this was fun, Brad. I am, I know I learned a lot personally. I mean, and, and even obviously leading up to this point, but then also, you know, even just us talking now, it was, it was good. It was good for me. I needed it more than in all honesty, I thought I was going to need it. Um, and, and so I hope that you listening, um, I hope you enjoyed, I uh, hope that maybe potentially you learned something about yourself that maybe you can take and, um, you know, work with, um, and, and, and every, everybody's at different places with this stuff, right? I mean, right. you know, it's, may not be a good idea to use the word evolve, but I mean, your <laughs> your people's beliefs evolve. I, I guarantee you that you don't believe the same exact way that you did 10 years ago. Oh yeah, right? no, definitely not. And, and I know I don't. And, and even 20 years ago, may, maybe you can't go back 20 years and still remember exactly what you believe. I can, right. I remember. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you change because of, as we talked about last week, experience, um, your interaction with your faith tradition, with other people, mm-hmm. um, we learn and, and we, we do have to have a humility about this because again, I, let's both, we can wrap up with this. Do you know, <laughs> do right. you know exactly how God did it? Yeah, no, absolutely not. I don't either. No, that's okay. Let, I see. I think ending on a, on a humble note like yeah. that, even though I am much older than you, <laughs> I still wasn't there. Right. I don't know. I didn't witness it. I wasn't going to say anything. But, <laughs> um, right. So, um, this was great. And, um, already, you know, we had discussions about what we're doing next week. Um, next week we're looking at morality and oh, yeah. biblical morality and, and, and what all that entails and, and how well, we're going to draw some lines, erase some lines. Yeah. Who knows? Well, there are lots of lines when it comes to morality. And so yeah, I, sure. I think it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, yet again, another one where I'm probably gonna learn a lot about, a lot about myself. Um, and also a lot about you and yep. maybe even some more about your DCI days, which we haven't gotten into that conversation about. And maybe I may or may not talk about why I think LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. That's a morality issue in of itself. Well, apparently. you were just waiting for LeBron to win another championship. You just yeah. wanted to stack up evidence. You've been stalling. It was a blowout. I don't really know. I mean, it wasn't even close. LeBron's, Roman, LeBron's a goat. It wasn't a real season. I'll just say it. Oh, come on, man. This you, this year doesn't really count. My my Braves are in the playoffs right now, and I just don't feel like it yeah, counts. It doesn't really. But I am okay with calling LeBron the goat, even even without this season. Statistically, he's better than Michael Jordan people can come get at me. I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, morality next week. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Brad, thanks again um, for for today. I'm looking forward to next week. And um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, have a blessed day.